Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Today I want to talk about a concept called perfection paralysis. But before I do that, I want to introduce you to a concept called the model. Now, I'm calling it the model because that is how it was introduced to me. However, I have seen this diagram posted in many different ways across many different platforms. So it may be familiar to you as a different title, as a different name. So feel free to call this however you have learned it. But if it is new to you, let's call it the model. So for today, I need you to go grab a sheet of paper and I need you to go get a pencil because we're gonna do a little bit of work, all right? It's not too much work, I promise. It's very simple. Um, but I want you to grab a piece of paper and at the top of the paper, I want you to write the word thoughts. And then I need you to draw an arrow down to the next word, which is going to be feelings. Beneath the word feelings, go ahead and draw another arrow and write the word behaviors. And then we're gonna draw one more arrow to the final word, which is outcomes. All right, so we have thoughts, directly underneath that is feelings, directly underneath that is behaviors, and directly underneath that is outcomes, all connected by a set of arrows. All right, and so once we have this written down, I need you to look at this for a little bit because this is important. This is the order that things work. And for a lot of us, we try to reorder to make it work for us and work for our brains. But this is not how it actually works. Our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings create our behaviors, and our behaviors create our outcomes. So when it comes to, let's use the example of weight loss, right? Whenever I have a client that comes to me that is looking for help with weight loss, I will ask them this question at the end of the, at the, end of the session. I will say, what motivates you to work at your goals? And 99% of the time, the person will answer the scale. Now, if you look at your paper, you'll notice that scale would be an outcome, right? The scale reading would be an outcome. And outcomes cannot create feelings of motivation. The only thing that can create a feeling of motivation is a thought. And so let me work you through this because this can be a little confusing if it's the first time you're hearing it. So let's say you decide, I'm going to go on this weight loss journey. And you think, all right, this time is going to be different because I'm going to work with somebody different, or I'm going to try a new program, 
or it's January 1st and I have all these hopes and expectations that this time it's going to be different because I'm going to be more organized or I'm going to set myself up better or I'm going to be more disciplined, right? We have all these thoughts that create the feeling of motivation. And when we're motivated, guess what we do? We do the stuff, right? We start sleeping, going to bed earlier. We start exercising. We go to the gym. My goodness, right? Look at the gyms in January. They're crazy. Um, We start eating better. We start grocery shopping differently. We don't buy the snacks. Um, We start buying more salad. And so we start doing the behaviors. And guess what happens when we do all those great behaviors? We lose weight. And then we create a thought about that. Hey, look, the scale went down. What I'm doing is working. I like the way this feels. I want to do it again, which creates more motivation, which creates more positive behaviors, which helps you reach your outcomes. And this is all great when it works. But what happens when it doesn't? Guys, just as a side, I did a whole podcast on how does the scale make you feel? I believe it was episode two. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, after you're finished listening to this one, go back and listen to episode two because I think you're going to find it really helpful. But like I said, when everything is going great, this works. I feel motivated. I get the, beha- the outcomes I want because I'm doing the great behaviors. I create new thoughts about that, which create more motivation and so on and so forth. The problem lies when things don't go as expected. When you do all the great things, you do all the behaviors, but the outcome isn't what you wanted. Let's say, using our example, the scale doesn't move. Now, all of a sudden, you are going to create a thought about that scale not moving. Well, it's not working. I did everything right. Why did the scale not go down? I must be doing something wrong. Or I put all that time and effort and work into doing this. I skipped dessert when it was girls nights last week. You know what? I'm done with it. I'm done with this whole thing. I'm sick of, you know, putting all this effort in and not seeing results. I'm done. Let's go order pizza. And when you have those thoughts, It does not create the feeling of motivation. It's actually very demotivating. And so because you're not motivated, you stop doing the good behaviors. And when you stop doing the great behaviors, guess what happens? The scale goes back up. And you're like, see, this is what happens every time. Every time I try to diet, I never can do it. And I end up gaining weight. And it is not the outcome that creates motivation. It is the thoughts. So I want to share with you a little bit, a little secret today. All right. If you don't like the way you feel, it's your job to change it. And how do you change your feelings? You change your thoughts. If you want to feel brave, then you need to think brave thoughts. Like I can do this. I can show up for myself. I'm going to figure this out. That's a very motivating thought, which creates motivation to be brave. But if you're like, this never works out for me. I'm always going to struggle with this. I'm never going to conquer it. 
that's not a motivating thought. Those thoughts do not create the feelings of motivation. And then therefore you're not going to do the behaviors. And here's the deal. I can, you know, try to motivate you. I can encourage you. I can be your biggest cheerleader. I can hold you accountable. But unless you are coming up with the right words in your head, you are the only person that can create your feelings. And when you create your feelings, that is what creates your behaviors and the desired outcomes. We have thoughts going through our head all the time. Pick the thoughts that are helpful. If you find that you're not feeling motivated, figure out what are you thinking that's creating that unmotivation. And guys, let me tell you, this is a, a concept that blew my mind once I figured it out and once I really paid attention to it, but it is going to be so helpful moving forward. All right. It's going to be so helpful because now you have a different tool in your tool belt to use when it comes to achieving your goals. And now I'm not even going to lie to you. It's hard. Because you have been in the habit of thinking that your outcomes create your feelings. And so adopting this new mindset is going to be hard in the beginning. Of course it is. Everything's hard in the beginning. Because you're going to have to rewire your brain. You're going to have to think differently. But we have the option how we want to look at this hard. Right? We can say, oh my goodness, this is so hard. I don't even know if I can do this. Very unmotivating. Or we can think, hey, everything's hard in the beginning. Riding a bike was hard. Um, starting my new position at work, you know, that was hard. But I figured those things out and I'm going to figure this out too. That's motivating. Get it? See the difference? It's mind-blowing when you can figure out, hey, my thoughts are responsible for how I feel. Um, I don't have the episode in front of me, but I recently did an episode on this a couple weeks ago um, when Jim brought me the magazine. Do you guys remember that one? When he brought the magazine to me when I was cooking dinner and it was of his ex-girlfriend, the model. Ugh, I created all sorts of thoughts about that. And then I realized, hey, I'm in control of this. I can choose to think thoughts that aren't even true because I want to wallow in feeling bad. Or I can choose to believe other thoughts that are going to make me feel really good about myself and help me move past this and move on. And ultimately, I chose the one that helped me move on because the other one was just not doing it for me. The other one was making me feel terrible. It was making me withdraw from my family. And so it's really, really powerful. We can use this thoughts, feelings, behaviors, outcomes when it comes to our health goals, or we can apply it to any aspect of our life. So I told you in the beginning of the episode, I want to talk about perfection paralysis because a lot of my clients struggle with wanting everything to be perfect. They want everything to be perfect in the beginning, especially when they start something new, they get their notebooks out, they bring their pens, they're excited to learn. Remember, there is an expectation, a thought that this is going to be different and I'm going to be successful this time. And they can be. That's absolutely true. And that creates a feeling of motivation and then they do the work. So, you know, a lot of times in the beginning, it's a little bit easier because we have an expectation of something new. But eventually that newness wears off. 
And eventually we're going to hit our first roadblock where we're doing really great. And then our friends invite us out for pizza and drinks. Or we're doing really great. Um, and then our accounting team at work brings in soft pretzels. Or we're doing really great. And then our kids bring home chocolate from, you know, soccer practice. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. Right? We're doing really great until something derails us. And then we have an option. We can either choose to eat it or we can choose to not. And if we haven't developed our, our muscles yet, <laughs> when it comes to, um, I don't want to say our willpower muscles because our willpower muscles are never going to get us anywhere. We have to practice. If we want to be good at saying no, we got to practice saying no. But that's another subject for another episode. There's going to be a time where something derails you. And if you have a perfectionist attitude when it comes to your health goals, you are always going to be disappointed. Because the minute you make a mistake, I always tell people, it's not the fact that you made a mistake. It's your thought about making a mistake. If you mess up and you overeat one day, if the immediate thought afterwards is, ah, I'm never going to get this right. I always overeat. I screwed up. I might as well just eat everything else because tomorrow I'm going to have to be good. Right? How many times have I heard that? How many times have I said that? I've said that to myself. Well, you screwed up. You might as well just keep going. You know, what's the point now? Well, it's Thursday. Tomorrow you have a party. So you know what? Might as well just throw in the towel and we'll start again on Monday. And then in preparation for Monday, I would overeat everything because I wanted to get everything out of my system that could potentially cause a hiccup or a barrier. And I would end up gaining weight as I was preparing for my diet losing weight phase. Can you identify with that? I know a lot of my clients can. All right. One of the things that I like to teach, I especially teach this in my free um, group called Diet Rehab, is that success and failure are not on opposite sides of the road. So too often, we think of success and failure as a T in the road. Imagine you're driving down the road, you get to a T. Success is to your left, failure is to your right. Which way are you going to go? And I have to teach people that that thought is not true. Success and failure are not on opposite sides of the road. They are, in fact, on the same road. Success is just a little further down. Every successful client in my practice or that I have seen throughout the years have made mistakes. Mistakes are part of the process. And it's how you view mistakes, it's how you think about mistakes that is going to determine whether or not you pick yourself back up and you keep going or it paralyzes you and you stop all the good stuff. You have the choice. It's all about how you think about it. It's about your thoughts. And I try to tell people, all of my successful clients mess up from time to time. You are not a robot. I don't expect perfection from you. I do expect you to get back up and keep trying. So how you decide to view mistakes is ultimately what is going to determine your success level. One time I read a quote that um, 
Failure is not defined as not succeeding. Failure is actually defined as not trying. And it was part of this story of where a father would ask his kids every day after school, what did you fail at today? Remember, failure is not about the act of not succeeding. Failure is about not trying. And when you redefine failure, all of a sudden, it puts a whole new spin on it. It gives a whole new perspective. What if we pursued failure? If we pursued failure, then that means we would try. We would keep trying until we figured it out. And then all of a sudden, failure is not a negative word. It's actually part of the process. You see, mistakes are where you get better. Mistakes are where you get stronger. It's in the difficult moments that is where you create new habits, you create new thoughts, you create new feelings, you create new outcomes. I was thinking about it one day when it comes to exercise, right? A lot of times my clients are exercising and they've been doing the same exercises that they have been doing for the past two years. And so then I ask them, you know, when you're lifting those five pound dumbbells, when you're doing sets of 10, does eight, nine, and 10 feel the same as one, two, and three? And I'm talking about when you're counting, right? If you're doing 10 reps of say a bicep curl and you're counting to 10 with every time you lift your, your arm up, you know, if numbers eight, nine, and 10 feel the exact same as one, two, and three, it's time to bump your weight up, right? Your body is ready for a greater intensity. And in the greater intensity, that's where the work is done. That's where the change occurs in your body. But if you're constantly doing what's easy, you know, again, rep number eight, nine, 10 feels like one, two, three, you're not going to notice any changes to your physique. It's in the uncomfortable where you see growth, where you see muscle growth. I know when I exercise, some days it's hard. And, you know, there's some days I don't feel like doing it or, you know, my legs just aren't cooperating or my lungs aren't cooperating the way I want them to. And it's hard and I want to quit. And then I remember, hey, this is where change happens in the hard. And so I want you to think about that even in your diet. When it gets hard, that's where change occurs. That's where you have that decision to make. And that's where growth happens. And so all of a sudden, instead of being demotivating, like, oh, this is hard. I can't do this. This is exciting. This is where growth happens. This is where I start to really make changes for a lifetime. So often we make mistakes and we just immediately shut down and we immediately start shaming ourselves and passing judgment on ourselves. Why can't I do this? Why do I keep messing up? Why won't I ever be good at this? There's nothing motivating about that. I know when I have those thoughts, it makes me actually not want to do anything. It makes me want to eat, right? I want to eat to comfort myself because I feel really bad about myself. I share with people all the time, the number one secret to weight loss, if we're talking about weight loss, is kindness. You have to learn to be kind to yourself because kindness actually motivates. Kind words, inspiring words, inspiring thoughts, that causes motivation. So when you mess up, 
because you're going to remember it is a certainty that in your journey, whatever you're working towards, whether it's lower blood sugar, weight loss, um, you know, IBS, whatever you're working on, trying to figure out how you feel your best, you are going to make a mistake. It is a certainty. But how you respond to that mistake is everything. Don't get stuck in perfection paralysis where you get so caught up in trying to make everything look perfect that the minute it doesn't, you make it mean something it does not. You messed up. Okay. What did you learn? What can you do differently moving forward? Get excited. Pursue failure. Right? Remember, success is not on the opposite side of the road. It's a little bit further down than failure. So what would it look like if we constantly pursued failure? We keep getting up. And eventually we're going to hit that success. I like to call this root work. And this is something I work a lot with with my clients in my private practice. You know, for a lot of um, my clients, let's be honest, they know what they should be eating. Uh, you know, there's a few that are, you know, there may be a knowledge deficit. They, they didn't realize, you know, what foods feel best to them. And of course we educate, but for a lot of people that come into my office, it is not about what is a carb, what is a protein. It's about doing this root work. It's about digging deep, going into our thoughts, figuring out what thoughts are serving us well and which are not how to change those thoughts so we can actually stay on track and keep going. That's the kind of work that, you know, I know I personally do in my practice and a lot of the dietitians I work with do in, um, in their practices at body metrics. So if that's something you're interested in learning more about how to do some of this root work, not the superficial work of how many calories you should eat, but getting into the why and the how, and how to change your mindset, the psychology around food, changing your relationship with food. You know, for a lot of people, I work with a lot of moms who need to heal their own relationship so that they can, you know, teach their children to have a different relationship than they had with food. Um, we would just love the opportunity to work with you. So if you have any questions about our practice, uh, just visit our website, which is bodymetricspa.com. And, um, we'd love to just meet you and get to know you better and see, um, you know, if we can be the right fit for your needs. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope you, you know, maybe are learning to think, or at least I'm planting the seed for you to think in a little bit different way for you to think, huh, maybe not all my thoughts are true. Maybe I need to challenge them. And how do I present questions in a way that are actually motivating instead of unmotivating? And again, if you need some help with that, I would love to be that person to help you. All right. So we need to give you guys a recipe, right? At the end of every single one of our episodes, I love to give out a recipe that is healthy, um, but also family friendly because finding them is challenging, right? Um, so today I'm going to give you a recipe called cheeseburger salad. And this is one that I made the other night. I kind of forgot about it. And then all of a sudden my one son was like, mom, can we do cheeseburger salads? It's like, that is a 
fabulous idea because everybody loves cheeseburger salad in my house. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to deconstruct a cheeseburger and we're going to put it on a salad and it's going to be fabulous. So what you want to do, I don't even have a recipe for this. This is one of those recipes where you just get this ingredient, this ingredient, chop it up, put it in there. You're good to go. You know me. I love simple, easy. So what you're going to do is you're going to brown either some ground turkey or lean ground beef in a pan and you want to get rid of all the extra fat um, from cooking the meat and then you're just going to set it aside for a second and then in another pan you're going to caramelize about two to three onions. Now, our family really likes caramelized onions. All the kids do as well. So sometimes I even, you know, make or I chop four to five onions and I just sweat them down in a pan over low to medium heat uh, with a little bit of olive oil and a tiny bit of butter just to really get that brown caramelized color. And you're going to cook them for a while for probably about 20, 25 minutes. Um, Low and slow is the name of the game when it comes to caramelizing onions and they are delicious. Obviously, if you don't like onions, don't worry about that step. Just omit it. Um, so next I get a couple bowls out and I put a bunch of romaine lettuce in all the bowls and then I cut uh, about a pint of grape tomatoes, cut them in half and I, um, distribute them into all the bowls on top of the lettuce. I will take a pickle spear. Oh, my kids love pickles. So I will take one pickle spear and I will chop it up and I will put that into each of the bowls. And so let's see here. So I got my lettuce, I got my tomato, I got caramelized onion, dump that in the bowl on top. Um, I have my pickles and then I will put my ground turkey or my ground beef on top of the salad and I'll sprinkle just a little bit of cheddar cheese on top. And so now you have all the components of a burger. Uh, You just have it in salad form. And then for your dressing, I want you to take about, well, it depends on how many salads you're making. So the salad dressing is going to be this ratio. It's all one tablespoon. So a tablespoon of ketchup, a tablespoon of mustard, a tablespoon of mayonnaise, and a tablespoon of pickle juice. If you have a lot of people in your family, go ahead and double or triple that. But it's a one-to-one-to-one-to-one ratio. So really, really simple to remember. And then you're just going to mix that up in a bowl and then everybody can use it as dressing for their salad. And that's it. Super simple, super easy, comes together in about 20 minutes because it does take a little bit of time for those onions to cook. But other than that, it is just a fabulous go-to great weeknight meal that everybody will enjoy. Not many people complain about cheeseburgers. So Um, I think it's going to be one that your whole family is going to like, and you're going to enjoy how easy and simple it is to prepare. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening this week. I can't wait to see you again. And um, also, if this episode is helpful, please feel free to share it. Share it um, with as many people that you can. And um, if you want to, you can rate us on either the Apple podcast or Spotify, or any of those um, places that you can rate podcasts, um, just so we can get the word out and help more people. All right, guys, have a great week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. 
For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.